He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Friday edition of the 73rd hole. That's right. The PGA Championship is underway, and we are back to break it all down. Reminder, we are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Next week, a big week for Golf Oklahoma and for the 73rd hole as the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship will be hosted at Southern Hills. We will be up there the majority of next week. Looking forward to that, seeing uh, everybody up there, seeing what the course is looking like after the redesign that Gil Hands did a couple of years back. Should be a great event. So if you don't have tickets, uh, check see if tickets are available. Make sure that you can get up there and see Southern Hills at least for a day. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, GolfOklahoma.org. That's where you can find all the best coverage and everything leading up to the Senior PGA Championship at Southern Hills. A little later on in the show, we're going to have Tyson Reeder on from Arkansas. Of course, played at Edmund North. Uh, originally went to Oklahoma State. Now he's at Arkansas. Finished second overall as an individual in the Vanderbilt Regional with a final round 65. It was the low round of the day by two shots. So we're going to talk to him here in just a little bit and uh, get his thoughts on how well he played at the regional as well as Greyhawk, which comes up and starts one week from today. We'll get into all that momentarily. But fella, fellas, the PGA Championship is underway. My man Corey Connors, who I have in the one and done, came out and fired a nice little 567 to lead by two. And then he very quickly gave three of those back this morning. So he currently sits one shot back of the lead, which is still at three under. Only one guy actually on the course is three under. That's Brandon Grace. Then there's a bunch of guys. Three, two, one under. Even par is actually T31. So if you're wondering how congested the leaderboard is, the lead's three under. Even par is T31. I mean, this this tournament is wide open. This golf course is setting up for just a phenomenal championship. This golf course, like you just said, is setting up phenomenally. It has not disappointed. I think it's a fair but tough test. Um, I saw a couple things yesterday from a couple of guys that were really impressive. I think the guy playing the best overall golf in the tournament is my pick, Victor Hovland. I mean, just absolutely dominating in every asset of the facet of the game. And and then I, I want to look at Brooks Kepka for a second. Yesterday, a solid three under par, but this man lost 1.47 shots off the tee and gained. shots gained approach. So what what I'm saying is if if Brooks Kepka can figure out the driver this week, he might win by five. He very much could. I mean, we've we've seen it happen before. I mean, I'm trying to think back and of his four major championships, what was his biggest, largest margin of victory? He beat Tiger by what two or so? Then he won Beth Page by one because he was leading by ten the whole time. And I was fixing to say and then that was his biggest, even though he only ended up winning by one. That tournament was never really. He in almost doubt. had the definition of a sneaky choke. Yep, that's true. Hey, we'll start off the show with a little bit of a a little bit of a stat here for you guys, and you Love guys can stat. guess. Love a good Friday All stat. Right. So, first of all, I just want to throw this out there. Uh, since 2017, uh, in the tournaments that Brooks Kepka has either won or finished second in, his strokes gained approach. We don't. We always talk about how far Brooks hits it, but he is the best iron player in majors since 2017. He's gone sixth in the 2017 U.S. Open, and then going down from there, you have first, ninth, first, and fourth in strokes gained approach. 
And obviously, some majors, they don't calculate uh, strokes gained approach. And so, in those same majors, he's gone first, fourth, 15th, first, sixth, and first. So, what I'm saying is, he has tiger-like dominance uh, with his irons in majors. And so, uh, obviously, Brooks Kepka since 2017 in the majors is first, minus uh, 81 shots, 81 under. Okay, 81 under. Uh, since 2017, total cumulative score since 2017. Who are the other three guys below him, and what are their scores? Since 2017? Well, if you said since 2015, I definitely would have said Spieth. I'll still, I'll still throw Spieth out there. Is he one of them? And this is, he is not. This he is, is not. majors? Majors. Uh, since 2017. Got to be DJ. Dustin DJ Tuck. is uh, 27 under. JT? Uh, JT is not on there. Uh, show me Bryson. Bryson is not on there. That really? surprised me a little bit. Show me Xander. Xander is 25 under, tied for third. With Xander's one had other a lot guy. Of high finishes. With one what other about Rory? guy. Not Rory. One other guy. You guys We're missing are, somebody. You guys are proving how slept on this guy is. We're missing somebody. Don't overthink here. it. Tiger. Not Tiger. <laughs> um, Javi. Finau? It's not Javi. It's not Finau. Uh, you guys Morikawa. are sleeping. Don't overthink it. No, it's not Morikawa. Oh, man. Don't overthink it. I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to. I'm you might just have to hit us with it. We're, we're going blank here. It's Friday morning. It's Hideki Matsuyama, the wow. Masters champion at 25 under wow. since 2017 in the majors. I thought that was really interesting. Now, yeah, see, I, I still wouldn't sure. have thought that because, I mean, I know in 2017 he contended at the PGA where JT won, but, I mean, I – and uh, I get well. I guess also in 2017, I think he finished second at Aaron. No, was that 2018? Where was Aaron Hills held, held at? What year was uh, that? Aaron Hills would have been 18, 20. I believe, because 17, I think, was no, se- no, 17. That was the U.S. Open. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So right. wh- wherever that was, he finished second. Hideki um, also played well at the 2020 Masters, though I believe in the fall. Wasn't he top 10 in the fall at the Masters? I think he was. It was either the fall Masters or the one the Tiger won. Hideki was up there and had a pretty good right. tournament. And so. then I, I want to give y'all one more little little tidbit here. So yesterday, obviously, the field was really bunched up uh, and, and kind of wide open, and we see that at the start of this morning watching Corey Connors uh, three over on the day through seven. So when Morikawa won, and then the first time Brooks won, and then when JT won the PGA, they were 33rd after the first round, Morikawa was. Brooks was 33rd, and JT was 43rd. After the first round. So when we go back and look here, uh, to start the day, uh, you had so many big names. You have DeChambeau, Bubba Watson, Spieth. Uh, you had, um, who else did you have here? You had Lee Westwood, Shoffley, Matsuyama, who we just talked about. You have so many big names in that general area that could come up and make their make their push. Today we see John Rahm is two under on the day, uh, and Cam Smith was in that group as well, uh, who is now one under. Will Zalatoris is obviously one under. But what I'm saying is anybody, it's still anybody's tournament, and, and that's what I love about uh, this course in Kiowa Island. I mean, you go you go down and look at it all the way down to JT at plus three. I mean, you're still within six shots of the tournament with three rounds of, of golf to play. I mean, I can't eliminate anyone. Even guys down here at as far as the plus four, which is 94th. I mean, you could have someone make a run. I mean, you're within some just a few strokes of the tournament. If you have a good a good round today, you could vault yourself up to around even par one under. I mean, I don't I don't see anyone going out there and getting too too big of a lead. I think the the biggest, I think the lowest someone will get today total is probably six under. That, that's what I think yeah. the leading score Do you will be. think it'll be one of those guys at three? 
Hovland, mm, Kafka. I mean, I mean that would be the best bet because well, considering besides Corey Connors, the best and, score yesterday was a sixty-nine, which would nice, which would lead to the fact that that's what you would have to shoot today to get to that minus six. Well, and then you have Keegan Bradley, who said he hit the ball better than he's ever hit the ball in his life. He actually lost strokes on the field putting. He's the only guy in the top fifteen to lose strokes putting. That's, uh, that's the first of four rounds, by the way, that Keegan will lose strokes putting. So, not a contender <laughs> right, in my eyes. Right. But what I'm saying is he is striping it right oh, now. Oh, he is. And uh, your boy Christian Bezadenhoop, by the way, had the complete opposite round yesterday. Hit the ball like total crap, but gained 6.12 shots putting yesterday. Boy, it's hard to rely on that. Yeah, well, that that's that, that 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 either means hopefully you get the ball striking figured out, and then the putting still rolls, or if that putter goes a little bit astray, you're going to shoot eighty out there. Um, you know, one thing I want to mention, guys, and Woody kind of alluded to this, um, when we had him on for our preview show, and it was something I didn't I didn't really recognize because um I had all because with the way I'd looked at it, I thought of it as kind of like the St Andrews field where you went nine the first nine holes was outward, and then the uh, the back nine was inward, and it's kind of. It's kind of like both nines do the same thing, where it's like the first nine, like one through five goes out, and then uh, six through nine or five through nine, whatever it is, comes back. And then 10 goes out for four holes and comes back for five holes. And I thought Kepka yesterday made a really good point. And the people who start on the back nine, after they get down with 13, they have to play nine straight holes into the wind. Well, and, and we saw that Bryson actually bogeyed four holes in a row starting on the front nine. And then actually kind of no, brought... No, he started on the back. He started I mean, on the back. That's what I meant. It, was, what I meant. it was his front nine. His, that, his that, first nine, that's, yeah. That's what I meant. Uh, starting on the back nine, he made four bogeys in a row, and then it actually kind of brought it back on those tougher holes like you're talking about. And it was... Was it 13 through 16 or 14 through 17? That Let's he bogeyed. See. I think it was 14 through 17. I can't remember off the top of my head. I, I, I think it was thir- I think he bogeyed 13. I may but, be here. I got to pull. But yesterday, pull the right holes that played the hardest were one through four and 14 through 18 that were playing dead into the dead into the wind. Uh, yeah, he, he bogeyed. By the way, he bogeyed 13 through 16. 13 was playing straight down wind yesterday. It wasn't a very difficult hole. And Bryson actually had 30 feet for birdie on 13 and three swiped. And then the very next nice. three yeah. holes, he and just kind of struggled. That's what I was about to say. Was it was actually Bryson's putter that let him down yesterday. You know was 120th in strokes gained putting yesterday, Yikes. which is which is not Bryson. And still shot even. Still shot even, yeah, that's I correct. mean, he very much salvaged that round with three straight birdies late. I want to talk about Spieth a little bit, guys, because I feel like, uh, as they're showing him right here on the, on the screen, um, Spieth yesterday, I felt like maybe more than anybody else in the field, really played fairly well and didn't get anything out of his round. No. It seemed like every hole Jordan Spieth was lipping out. Missed the two-and-a-half-footer on 10. Yep, yep, or missed, uh, you, you know, he had two putts. I think it was maybe on 15 and 16 where he had back-to-back lip outs, and I felt like he was playing pretty good golf and just didn't get anything out of it. If he plays and hits the ball the same way today that he did yesterday, then I think we could see Spieth go out and shoot maybe a 69 and get himself really into contention because, I mean, again, he's one of these guys at even par who's still very much in the tournament. I mean, Spieth yesterday, guys, gained 1.48 off of the tee. When's the last time we saw Spieth gain more than .25 off of the tee box? So, I mean, yeah. goes to show, and, you know, th- th- there's been a lot of talk this last week about Spieth's swing because they had the side-by-side of him in 2015 or 17, wherever it was, and now we're talking about how much more laid off he is. And But, I mean, if it, it seems to be working out for him. His, uh, his approach was actually one of the lowest we've seen in a while. It was at, at .7, which is actually very good but we've seen him in the in the plus 1.5 category these last few events. When's uh, the last time we saw Jordan Spieth hit 10 fairways? 
God, I mean, what's that? Has, ten fairways? Ten, in, for, in, ten in, for a full tournament for him is good. I was going to say, in a round or in an event? Because he hits ten in an event sometimes. I mean, you know, we look at it here, guys. I mean, minus uh, minus 1.86 yesterday on the greens, guys. I mean, if Spieth can get can get that part figured out, God, it burn, It almost burns my soul to say it, but he might have a chance of that career grand slam. Well, that's the thing. He missed everything, but it's not like he was putting poorly. He missed everything by an inch. He was an inch off on just about every single putt all day, and I just think that he could still get hot with that putter, and then you never know. Who's the bigger surprise to y'all right now at the two under mark? One shot back at the lead in the PGA in the second round. I already have my answer before you even list names. Padraig Harrington? Yes. Or Phil Mickelson? Uh, 100% Padraig Harrington. Padraig Harrington, he's been off the planet for a while. Phil's actually been starting to hit it better. He's had some decent rounds lately. He hasn't put a tournament together, but he has had some decent rounds lately. So it's definitely Patty for me. I figured he was a plus 11 miscut for sure. I mean, I mean, if you look at them just side by side, you would say yes, obviously. And you know, one thing I saw the other day, guys, that is very disheartening. This is the first time in their professional careers that Phil and Tiger are both outside the top 100 in the world. Really? So, yeah, and like 20, that's crazy. Yeah, I think since they both turned professional, is the first time that they've both been outside of that. So, um, goes to show that um, you know golf still is in a great place, but um, but yeah, definitely. And I mean, going back on Padraig, I mean, he had a T6 at the Omega Dubai Desert Classic, but since then, his best finish is a T31 at Bay Hill with a lot of missed cuts and a lot of T50s in there. So yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, both of them are surprises to me. I mean, I thought maybe with Phil hitting bombs that maybe the 7,900-yard course would work out. And they mentioned that yesterday, too, that they moved some of the tee boxes up and only played, I mean, a measly short 7,700 yards or whatever it did so all right boys so tied with them at two under is kevin streelman and this is today's edition of how high oh hashtag how high here we go feather you okay. well, no, you went first last time i'll go first this time kevin streelman i would say at the peak of his career worked his way up in 2013 to oh i'm gonna call it 27th in the world oh, i'm gonna say i mean he's he's been playing sneakily good lately i mean he's uh I don't so like I mean you kind of gave away with 2013. I would have said he might have been fairly close to what he is now. Um, I'm trying to think of did he go through a stretch where he was really really good? What what was your number, Colby? 27. All right, I'll go three off of you. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do the same as you. I'm gonna five lower. I'll say 22. 36. I, 36. You guys are in the general ballpark. Okay, so he didn't play 27. Went around for another nine. Played 36. That's all right. If you got the time, you got the daylight, you might as well. Um, let's do this. Let's talk biggest disappointments from day one. And I've got some candidates. This How about easy. Daniel Berger? Daniel Berger. Oh, my God. He was out of the tournament early. Five over through four, and it didn't get better after that on his way to a 79. I was astonished at the golf Daniel Berger played yesterday. That was a turkey burger right there. I uh, mean, that was... Tofu. Yeah, that was That's terrible. A, I don't even think we should insult turkey like five that. Over, that was a tofu burger. Five over through six. Are you kidding me? And another guy that was a huge disappointment appointment to me uh, is Dustin Johnson. And when you look at Dustin Johnson's stats, strokes gained, I mean, since the middle of 2020 uh, to the beginning of 2021, he didn't have one round where he lost shots on the field. And this year, it seems like every other round lately. He's, I, in, a, he's in a slump right now. I think we I'm can officially saying, call it a DJ slump. Well, it's definitely a slump, but it's a DJ slump because it's not necessarily horrible uh, compared to you know, a normal person, but compared to DJ and compared to a number one player in the world, uh, he is not playing elite golf right now. He's just playing very average to below average golf right now. 
And, I mean, you look at some of the other guys who, who were down there. Obviously, JT and Rory both shot plus three. Um, so, I think that we could have expected something a little better for them. Um, a very popular pick, I think, may have been the most owned overall on DraftKings. But I think we all kind of were slipping away from at least me and Colby where I can't remember if Sam, if you had him. Charles Schwartz will yeah. slot plus four. Rory was a little disappointing, too. Yeah, Rory was. was. Um, no, another guy who it doesn't help that he's plus two through three on the day. Um, my boy Brian Harmon didn't play as well yesterday as I thought that he might have. Um, another guy who I, I'm – um, and also, too, going down here, not just yesterday, but today, Patrick Reed's plus three on the day through six, so he's all the way down to plus five. I just hate that for him. I know. I mean, it makes me want to cry. Uh, your boy, uh, Tony Rosner, yeah, Sam shot plus seven. Um, and another guy, too, who I thought would have a better round yesterday and didn't, that's Adam Scott. He shot plus six. And I'm, I mean? I'm disappointed in my man Siwoo. I always run Siwoo out. He was two under yesterday. Two under through seven holes on his round. I'm like, oh, here goes major championship Siwoo. Nope. Siwoo currently sits at six over after a 75 yesterday, three over through nine today. I, don't like I, his I, chances. I got the biggest disappointment right here. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Sam, Sam Burns. Burns. Sam Burns. Yeah, oh. I was about to say that. Where's he at now? Oh, yeah, he WD'd, he didn't withdrew. he? He withdrew. He slipped on some hole and said he tweaked his back. Uh, he might have tweaked his feelings, too, because he was five over at that point. Well, his back was probably exhausted. He hit no. like 90 golf shots before he withdrew eight holes in. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you're just too tired. How about this disappointment, guys? Our boy Omar Uresti shot plus 10 yesterday, oh. and he's plus 13. I mean, Omar. come on. Omar. You're trying, trying to squeeze your way into the tournament. I'd and love to see John Daly beat Omar Uresti. Did, did y'all see the shot John Daly hit on one yesterday? No, I did not see it. He was like a, It was like 40-yard bunker shot, and he hold it. Oh, my and God. He still that's shot how plus he made 30. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, he, and, he still, and he still shot plus 13. Because I was wondering when the diesels wore off, if any, if anyone saw that uh, someone put two Bud diesels and a pack of Camel cigarettes next to John Daly's yep. parking yep. spot. We did now, see a couple nice holdouts yesterday. Zalatoris yep. had one. Cantlay had one. Max Home is another one that was uh, really yeah. disappointing, and he's also three over he's, on the he's, day. He's got Bones on the bag this week. Apparently Bones didn't bring in well, that uh, Bones local will, knowledge. Bones will be on the commentary on the weekend. Just see how... Chelsea Homa's caddy uh, skipped this event to go play in, in like the in, in the U.S. four ball. Is yeah. that what it was? Yeah, he's playing in the U.S. I four understand ball. That. Is that going on currently, or is it about to start? Uh, pretty sure it starts tomorrow, but obviously he planned on having to work this weekend. He could have done both. Yeah, could have caddied yeah. and played in the four ball starting yeah. tomorrow. Went and got a practice round, but who needs those? Uh, no, practice rounds are very, very overrated. So, uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on and talk a little co- college golf here uh, before we get Tyson Reader on later in the show, fellas. It was an absolute electric factory in Albuquerque on Wednesday as the Oklahoma Sooners, as the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, just. Just sneak in to the national championships with a phenomenal 18th hole. You count four scores. Of the four scores that counted for OU, they played number 18, which is a par five, at four under par. Clutch. They all made birdie. Quade Cummins with a great final round after disappointing Mondays and Tuesdays. And Oklahoma sneaks into the national championships. Hey, they don't ask how you get there. They just ask if you got there and OU's in. That, I mean, credit to him. I mean, I think we all thought, especially falling on golf stat middle of the final round, I was like, I don't think they're going to make it, guys. I mean, I really don't. I mean, they 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 had they had to have not just play well themselves. They had to have teams around them um, not have their best stuff. But yeah, I mean, uh, kudos to them. Kudos to, to Coach Hibble for getting them. Um, you know, for for example, now we're taking six players to making sure the right players get in, and you know, to be able to set. 
Because that, 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 I think, for example, in college golf, that's it's such a team mindset thing, you know, because if everyone goes out there and has the same confidence that you're going to make it, you can feel that within each player. And you can kind of feel that go through you as a team. So I think that kudos to them for doing that. And in all honesty, sometimes sneaking into something like this may give you more momentum than, for example, what OSU did in Cruz and win by 15 strokes. Yeah, I thought that the two holes that were really key for OU, uh, when Reban bogeyed 15, Jonathan Brightwell birdied 14 and 15. Um, and so I thought that that was huge to kind of keep that momentum going um, because obviously both Reband and Brightwell both bogeyed uh, number 17. And so it got a little dicey there for a second, but they got a little help from San Diego. San Diego, they have one guy who doubled 18. Uh, and then um, obviously the, it ended the par, up... The par five again, we should mention. Yeah, the easy par five. Pressure bus pipes. And then, but what really, what really hurt... Uh, and it ended up that San Diego didn't even matter uh, because if OU on 18, if Brightwell just stayed at 12 under or better, they were going to make it. Uh, but A&M's got to be kicking themselves. They played the last three holes as a team uh, combined three over par. I mean, and they obviously started on the opposite nine, so they were finishing on seven, eight, nine. Uh, I mean, for them to only play that ninth hole at one under uh, and and play the last three holes at three over, they got to be kicking themselves. Yeah, they definitely do. So uh, OU gets in. Let me just run down the list of teams real quick. We'll go regional by regional. So in Noblesville, where Texas was at, Texas won. North Carolina, Tennessee, Louisville, and UAB, the individuals, Cole Bradley out of Purdue. Cole Hammer actually shot a 79 in that final round. They had to be tired, by the way. That, uh, a lot that, of golf. H- him, mean, and, him and uh, Cole Hammer and yeah. Pearson went from Big 12s. Just real quick, Colby. They went from Big 12s uh, to the, the Walker, Walker Cup. Cup to the Byron Nelson because they played in that for PGA Tour U points. And then they went straight from Byron Nelson in Dallas to Indiana. And so, I mean, my goodness, it, Cole Hammer needed a break. No at, wonder his back was hurt. At least Hammer missed that 10-footer to make the cut, so he wouldn't have had to play 36 more holes and tire <laughs> himself about more. So. Exactly. Then yeah. he would have been even more tired. And Texas still wins the regional, even with all that going on. Uh, down in Tallahassee, Florida State won the regional, and then Georgia, Georgia Tech, Liberty. And how about TCU sneaking in, representing the Big 12? Michael Sakane from Jacksonville, the individual out of that regional. Uh, Carson Creek, Oklahoma State, Illinois, SMU, Sam Houston, and Little Rock. Little Rock goes low on 18. They did what OU did. They all made birdie, and they sneak in by one they, shot. They at played Karsten the Creek. last five holes, seven under at Karsten Creek. They went huge nuts. Shout out uh, to uh, Little Rock, and also huge shout out to Sam Houston, who played with four guys. They went Hoosiers in the final round and played with four guys and made it. Will Holcomb, his roommate, who was also the sixth man, got COVID, so they both could not play in the final round because Will Holcomb had contact tracing. He's also the same guy uh, who played, who I played in the same tournament as, who played with a full-on walking boot at Colorado State and finished in the top 20, which is absolutely insanity, uh, and and finished 18th, I think. So what what I'm saying is that's a that's huge. It's it's crazy that you have Little Rock making it, and it's probably not the biggest story of that regional of a mid-major team. Right, yeah. Sam Houston with four guys. And Carson's not really a course where you want to have four guys because there's trouble everywhere. So shout out to Sam Houston and Little Rock qualifying for nationals for the first time in their program's history. 
history with that phenomenal 18th hole in that closing stretch. A.J. Ott from Colorado State, the individual out of that regional. And then at Kingston Springs was Vanderbilt, Arkansas with Tyson Reeder, who will join us uh, here in just a few minutes. San Diego State, NC State, and Clemson sneaks in uh, at, as the fifth team out of that regional, the number three overall seed uh, in collegiate golf. The individuals, James Piott from Michigan State, and then the championship course at UNM in Albuquerque. Texas Tech actually wins the regional, representing for the Big 12, Arizona State, Oregon State, Oklahoma, who we talked about, and then San Diego State at five. Ryan Hall out South Carolina, the individual from that regional, and then at Tumble Creek Golf and Country Club in Clay Elam, Washington. Uh, this was hosted by Washington. East Tennessee State wins the regional. They went super low uh, on Tuesday, I believe it was, and then San Francisco, Wake Forest, Pepperdine, and Florida sneaks in at five. Tristan Mander from Utah, the individual uh, out of that region. So those are your teams that will be competing at national. So if you listened earlier in the week, we went back and forth over and over again about what is the best format for these regionals, for nationals, for the entire postseason in college golf. So after we got off the air, we continued to talk about it. And while so we came to the, ter- the determination that we don't exactly agree on how they should do it, but we all agree that they should give the top seeds a little bit more of an advantage yeah. to reward their regular season success. So just a couple of the ideas. So then we just kept talking about it and just kept floating ideas out on Tuesday. So we wanted to kind of air some of those out today and see what everybody thinks. Yeah, you know, I... At the start of the week, I said that OU um, was playing in the worst regional. Well, it turns out that the teams that they were playing against, it, it turned out to be the toughest region, in Look, my opinion. Everybody played good golf. And, and and if you look at OSU's region, they're playing at their home course. And then you have and then you have Florida little, State was at their home course as yeah, well. Yeah, Florida State was at their home course. And But what I'm saying also is in OSU's region, you had Sam Houston and Little Rock make it, where in OU's region, the teams were a little better. Um, but T-Dub, I, I, I think I have to agree with you a little bit more. Um, I, I think the best way to do it would be, first of all, we got to cut out where teams are playing at their home course. we got to put them at neutral sites or semi, semi-neutral sites because um, there's no reason why OU should be the number one overall seed and the other one seeds like Florida State and OSU uh, are playing at their home course, which is basically an automatic buy. And, okay, here's here, I did some little research yesterday, guys, and I want you all to take a gander at this, and this is one of the main proponents I think we need a, a, a tweak. Of, and, and this is a two-year gap because, remember, we didn't have a national championship last year because of COVID. Of the 30 teams that made it to nationals in 2019, how many of them do you think did not receive a regional bid this year? Uh, Boy, that's a good question. I bet not – I would guess not very many. One. You One? Know, you know who it was? Cal, who lost Colin Morikawa. My point being here is that if, if every team who makes it to nationals is going to go ahead and get into a regional, why do they even play a tournament? There's no emphasis on the regular season at all because, like we saw with OU, I, they can get thrown into the worst regionals, the number one seed. And, you know, you mentioned the home course thing. I think the biggest difference that we see in, for example, the college baseball debate is that all the number one seeds, they play the regional and the super regional at their home uh, field. That's I true. Mean, I mean, the uh, – I mean – Let's put it this way. If you wanted to tweak it, you can't do it for logistical reasons, but if you can make all the number one seeds host a regional, I don't. I, w- I would think that would be a fair way of doing it. Well, I, but, but you point, just couldn't do Colby, it logistically. I just want to remind you what your point was the other day. I can't right. remember if this was on there or off there. You you made, brought up a good point that the number one overall seed should get to choose what course they go yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, that's what – because, again, we talked about it earlier in the week. Like, you can't just finish the season and then the season's over and it's like, all right, next week we're hosting a regional at these six sites because logistically it doesn't work for the courses. But what you could do is have your preset regional sites determined 
And then at the end of the season, the field gets announced and the top six seeds get announced. So then, and make it a made-for-TV thing. This would be awesome. Everyone would love to watch this. Sit down and watch on Golf Channel. Watch Ryan Hibble and Alan Bratton and all these other coaches get together and actually pick in order of how you're ranked. So OU's number one team in the country. OU gets first choice of regional. Uh, let's see. Who was and, number, and, who and was number would, two? Florida and in State? all honesty, they would probably pick Carson now that just to eliminate OSU from being able to play at their home course. Well, also, I mean... And, j- the, and not it, just the fact that it's closer, too. It but. would also be the one that they would be most familiar with. Like, it's not their home course, but a lot of guys that play for OU have played Carson a bunch of times and would be much more familiar there, I'm sure, than they would be in New Mexico. Uh, and then second-ranked team, Florida State, would get to pick and so on and so forth. But another thing we talked about that we all agreed on was we've got to have neutral site regionals because let's we're talking about Oklahoma State and Florida State getting to play at their home course, but what about the fact that Oklahoma not only didn't get to play at its home course, they played at New Mexico's home course, and New Mexico is one of the teams that could have bounced them from the national championship. Talk about a sneaky choke, by the way. By the way, New Mexico did sneaky choke on that back nine. They they were up there and then just dropped, 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 dropped. But they were at their home course, so that was one thing we did all agree on. Nobody gets to play their home course. It was the same for every regional. Um, Washington hosted a regional. They played in it, and they finished, what, seventh or something like that? Um, Yeah, T7. the Kingston Regional. Let me see who hosted that one. I think did Vanderbilt host that. Uh, I, I think actually I don't know who hosted that. Golf one, course of Tennessee. I do want to bring up the point that not every school has their home course, so you got to be like it. There's still like, for instance, when I went to Tulsa, like Tulsa Country Club, for instance, was one of our courses, right? So like, um, maybe if Tulsa and and like hypothetically, you know, you wouldn't if they were a one seed, you. You, or if they were, I don't know. I don't know how you would do it because not every every team has their well, home course. Well, that's and a, what, what I'm saying is if you do neutral sites, there's still some teams that that would be their home course even on a neutral site. Yeah, because like when we played Oklahoma Christian, our two main courses were River Oaks and, and uh, the family side at Oak Tree. So it's like we you eliminate two courses right there just because of that. And I know uh, Tulsa played a lot of courses. I know Oral Roberts plays a lot of courses. So it's like – or Wichita State, I know, for example, played at like seven different courses. Right. So it's like you eliminate some – like, um, for example, Wichita State would play, at least when I was being recruited by them, they play at Flint Hills one time a week. And it's like you want to eliminate Flint Hills, which is a, t- which is a top – 50 golf no, course in the country. I don't think one time a week is as well, well, much as, also, like, Carson. Also, you, don't I have, I mean. you don't have I, I, to eliminate I know, but it's still, but, but that's, the, that's the principle of it, though, is you, that you, what line do you draw the neutral side on? That's what I'm saying it? is yeah. that's tough. But, but, the thing, yeah. but you could still play regional at Carston. Oklahoma State just wouldn't be in that regional. Like, you could still use these great golf courses. We could still use the golf course at, at New Mexico. New Mexico would just have to go play in a different regional because golf is different than other sports. It is a, to me, it's a huge advantage to get to play on your home course. I know when I play on uh, like my home course here in Oklahoma City or even whenever we go back home and play on our home course in Chickasha, that's a course that I know. I know all my start lines. I know the greens. I feel comfortable. It's different. It is a big advantage. And we want to make it clear that we know that, you know, OSU was a one seed too and it, and they did get an advantage by playing on their home course and you might say, well, they were a one seed. That's why they got to play on their home course. Well, yeah, but OU was a one seed too and they didn't, so it's not necessarily fair. OSU got to play on their home course because they were the closest of the one seeds Correct. to Carson Creek, Correct. which is in Stillwater. I should, we got a tweet. Somebody asked if, if OSU still would have had success at another course. It would be pure speculation, but Oklahoma State yeah. has won their regional five Here's my question. Yeah. So, and, and I had a, Of course I, they would, but we just got to be careful about not screwing over other one seeds. Yes. I, I, here's my question. If OSU would have been an 18 seed as opposed to a, a top six seed, would they have still gone to Karsten? I honestly don't know the answer. 
So I don't know the answer. So I'm not sure. so Karsten or or o, OSU, if they let, let's say for example, um, they I, I'm just curious because if like for example, it just seems weird to me that they would have been able to to play at Karsten no matter what happened. I don't think know? that they would have automatically gotten Karsten though because I remember earlier in the season because remember Oklahoma State got real hot at the end. They've won four tournaments in a row now, but earlier in the season they were just playing well. You know, they just they they weren't bad by any means. They but they weren't one of the three four best teams in the country for a good part of the season. And there was definitely conversation about whether Oklahoma State would wind up in the Karsten Creek Regional. So I think had they not played so well late in the season maybe they wouldn't have wound up there right and we'll talk a little bit more about this after the break uh but OU just to to finish all this off OU show me a lot of heart and and in that final round I mean not just the great play but the great execution um the great I mean not many teams can come from five back or whatever they were to start the final round uh, on like five different teams that had a chance for those couple spots. I mean, that was really impressive. And I think that they were tested a little bit more than maybe an FSU or an OSU who played at their home course. So, Oh, they uh, definitely were. Well, what I'm saying, yeah, what I'm saying is they, they've already showed me that under the gun they can perform. But in those first couple rounds, I mean, they, they, they clearly have to get it together. But I don't think OU showed me anything – other than that they're still the best team in the country this week. See, my, my thing whenever we look at national title favorites, it's Desert Golf, it's at Greyhawk. I, I legitimately think that there are 10, and, and it's match play. So I think it just totally randomizes it, the fact that they're all going to be playing a style of golf that they never play, and it's match play. I mean, I think I think there's ten teams that can win a national title. Uh, shout out to our friend Cody Burrows. He made this point to me last night, and I thought it was great. Isn't it funny that we determine the team champion by match play and the individual champion by stroke play? Yes, yes, that is fun. I never really thought about it, but yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't think about it. Definitely until seems a little backward, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, and and you know, you want to talk about? We all know whose idea it was. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's come back to bite um, him in the butt a couple and, of times. And, and by the way, the uh, so we talk about you know all the top seeds and stuff and all the struggles and everything. Every one seed made it through. Every two seed made it through, and twenty one of the top twenty five overall seeds made it made it through. So it was tougher for some teams than others, but at the end of the day, the cream rose to the top, and the best teams prevailed. So uh, great tournament getting underway next Friday at Greyhawk. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back on the other side. Just a little more chatter about the PGA and college golf, and we'll talk to Tyson Reeder from Arkansas. Fired a sixty five in the final round of the regional. Great stuff. Everybody, stay with us here on the seventy third hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today.
along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. We are thrilled now to welcome to the program Tyson Reeder, who is a senior, super senior, COVID senior, whatever you want to call it, at Arkansas. Had a phenomenal round, finished runner-up at his regional on Wednesday. Tyson, we appreciate you taking some time this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, Wednesday you go out, Arkansas, y'all are right on the bubble, really. Needed a good final round to make sure that you uh, qualify for the national championships. And you go out and fire the round of the day in the field by two shots with a 65. So just kind of take us through that round, kind of what you were feeling, and did you know that pretty much every one of those shots was going to be so important to get your team through to Greyhawk? Yeah, I mean, regionals is uh, it's kind of a stressful week. Um, and going to that last round, I knew that I needed a, a low one. And, um, you know, the nerves are, are there for sure. But going into the, the, the round, you know, I birdied my first two holes and I kind of settled me down and I kind of got into the rhythm of the round. And uh, I was just pretty, like, pretty locked in, pretty focused. Um, and then, you know, Eagle 7 and then making a couple birdies coming in. And then I don't know, it was kind of one of those things. I wasn't really trying to make birdies, but. Uh, just trying to play really smart, play my game, and really just focus on the moment because it's easy to uh, your mind to wander, um, especially being a senior and you know, kind of you could be your last event. You don't kind of play a good one, but uh, the two sixty five the last day was uh, do it for my team, my coaches meant a lot. T. Reed, obviously a lot of people from Oklahoma are aware of who you are. Uh, for people that don't know, me and Tyson were high school teammates at Edmond North. Um, but talk a little bit about your Arkansas teammates. Uh, tell me tell me a little bit about Julian Perico or William Bull, a, a bunch of guys that have played well, uh, Segunio Pinto. And so just tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about these guys uh, that we don't necessarily know about uh, yet that we'll get to see in the national championship. Yeah, so I'll start with my, my roommate, William Bull. He's, uh, he won the Canadian Am in 2019. Uh, he's got a PJ Tour start exemption. He's supposed to have it uh, 2020, but they canceled the uh, Canadian Open last year and actually canceled it this year. So he's still waiting on that PJ Tour start, but he's a really good player. Uh, William Brico is a world-class talent. Uh, he's uh, from Peru, um, barely Talented player, uh, great guy, a lot of fun, very outgoing, um, very fiery. Uh, Segundo Pinto, um, obviously, like I'm sure a lot of people know, uh, the kind of thing that happened in US Sam with his caddy, touched the sand, unfortunately, uh, you know, knocked him out of match play. I had a chance to win the US Sam. He won SCCs for us a couple weeks ago, which was huge. Um, you know, he's, you know, really another great player. Manu Lazada, he's a freshman from Argentina. He's a, kind of a kid that's kind of come along and keeps uh, getting better every week. Um, he played good for us in Birmingham about three weeks ago, finished seventh there, and he's got – we put, made some match play at SECs. He played really well there for us. Um, what went two and one for us there. Um, and I'm trying to think, is that everyone? everybody? Everybody? Yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah, Manu from, from Argentina, that's good vibes right there. Dude, yeah, I love that kid, man. He's, <laughs> uh, yeah, we actually, I don't, we made a little TikTok video that went viral. I don't know how, <laughs> but um, got about a million views on TikTok. But, uh, yeah, man, we got a good group of guys, a fun team. You know, the Latins are very lighthearted. There's three, light, three Latins in our starting five. 
They just keep it easy, man. Very lighthearted, a lot of good times. Yeah, for sure, good vibes. Well, I had another question to ask you, Tyson, but now I got to know because I think everyone everyone wants to post a video that gets a million views. So, so how, how do you do it? What, what's the what's the thought process behind it, and how how can we all accomplish such an amazing feat as that? Oh, uh, I don't know, man. I, so we just won our match against LSU, and we're sitting there having lunch, and Manu can barely speak English. I mean, the kid is from Argentina, barely. I mean, love the kid's depth. Uh, like I said, barely speak English. And so he's always trying to learn these new English phrases. And so we're at lunch, and I don't know, man. I was like, hey, can you say this? And can you say that? And so I get one of these phrases that uh, happened to get on, like, just recorded. And I thought it was hilarious. So I posted on stuff. It was just kind of a spur of the moment thing. I wasn't even trying to, like, I don't know. I thought I was getting maybe 10 likes or something like that. And look at my phone two days later, and, you know, it just kept going up. I had 1,000 likes. 50,000 likes. It was like, it was the craziest thing ever, man. <laughs> man, that, that is insane, man. You, you probably had a lot of people reach out to you and uh, and probably say some great things about that, Tyson. I mean, I, that really is crazy to post. I have a million like views. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. And, you know, you kind of gotten into the, the your teammate side of it now. And, uh, you know, I, we've had um, an Arkansas alum like um, – like like you will be in a few weeks, uh, Taylor Moore on on our show, and um, you know we've talked about all the great golfers that have that have come through the Arkansas program. Obviously, John Daly is probably the most famous, but you got guys like Andrew Landry, who's won, Austin Cook, David Lingmurth, all really good players, Sebastian Chaplin. So, uh, what is it about Arkansas that is really makes it such a great program, and you know, unfortunately, keeps taking all you great Oklahoma kids away from the state? I mean, Arkansas is just. Uh Coach and Macon, I think it starts from the top down. Coach and Macon and Coach Lace have done a really good job of getting the guys ready for the next level. And obviously, you know, to have the home course like the Blessing, um, to have a facility like that to where, you know, there's not a lot of not a lot of members, so you can get out whenever you want. Uh, you know, you're hitting big-time shots in practice, and I think it definitely helps when you got to hit big shots, big-time shots in, in tournaments. Um, so, like I said, it's tough. Starts from the top down, and Coach Macon is—he uh, loves his team and he loves his players. Not just the top five, but from you know from one through ten or one through twelve or however many guys it is, he loves his players, and I think he just wants to see everyone do well. Um, so yeah. It's Tyson Reeder from Arkansas joining us, formerly of Edmund North, before he headed off to be a Razorback. So one week from today, Tyson, the national championships get underway at Greyhawk out in Scottsdale, Arizona. Have you ever played Greyhawk? I haven't, man. I'm really excited to get out there. Um, I haven't heard a ton about it, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm extremely excited, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were having this conversation earlier, and I said that it's very difficult to predict a national champion because all these teams from all over the country are going to play desert golf. And desert golf just isn't something that you play every day. You know, Oklahoma plays at Jimmy Austin, Oklahoma State at Carson Creek. You all play uh, out at the Blessings, and it's very different golf courses from what Greyhawk is going to be. And I think that that actually opens it up to a lot more teams. So just kind of talk about, you know, some of the conversations you've had with your teammates, with your coach, and just Arkansas confidence level heading into Greyhawk in what I think could be a wide open national championship. Yeah, I'm with you. I think kind of there's so many good teams this year because you know COVID. A lot of guys came back, um, but we're a very confident team, and we have you know kind of got a good mix of older guys, uh, uh, you know, young guys, and um, I don't know, man. We're excited. Uh, we're a confident group, and like the thing is, if you make top eight, you know, like. In the match play, like anything can happen. So, 
uh, kind of go there and just like it's cliche, just do the best you can. And, um, you know, the, the goal is to make the top eight from there, you know, like anything can happen. So we're, like I said, we're a very confident team. And for us, like definitely the goal is to win an half championship. Yeah, you know, T. Reed, I have a little bit of experience out at Greyhawk. I've played there quite a few times, and you know what what the course sets up for is you got to hit fairways, and the greens are very undulated, and they can get them rolling really fast. I'm excited to see how they, you know, have that set up for the national championship. I'm sure it'll be quite a bit different than you know a normal round out there. But uh, I want to go back, T. Reed, to like not only high school, but when you went to OSU, uh, and then just talk to me a little bit about your development, because I see so much more confidence in your, in your golf game. Uh, you know, not to say that you weren't confident in high school, but I just see you oozing confidence right now, uh, at at Arkansas and everything. Just tell me a little bit about your development, whether it's with Ryan Rohde, uh, who you work with or, or Brad McMakin, your coach, you know, just tell me a little bit about, um, you know, your development and how you've gotten better since Edmund North and since uh, OSU? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of had a unique story. It's got some ups and downs. Uh, I went to Oakland State, my dream school. Um, got to go there, and I quickly realized, holy crap, these guys are really good. Uh, and I've uh, got a lot of work to do. So I worked really hard. I don't know if I really worked on the right thing, but I just was out there from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. just grinding. And um, quickly realized, you know, if I wanted to play and kind of make a career, out of this game, I'm going to have to get my reps in tournament-wise. And I saw that my time at Oklahoma State was probably ending. Um, so I made the decision to go to Arkansas. And uh, when I was at Arkansas, I contacted Ryan Rohde. And, he, and I, Ryan has really helped me understand my golf swing, um, you know, why I missed it. And so I'm able to kind of, like, correct my mistakes quicker on the course. And uh, recently, just kind of got into, like, you know, like, I've been reading a lot, like, you know, working on my mental game. Uh, it's been helped me a lot, but I think more than anything, it's just kind of like just getting those reps in, like that experience, and like you know, it's, once you start kind of shooting lower scores, like holy crap, okay, I can do this. Um, and so like you're playing with, you know, you're playing with Texas and Oklahoma State, and, you know, Florida and Georgia, and you're seeing your I'm right there with it the, with these guys. So um, and you just kind of see that and you continue to get better and better. And this semester has been kind of a breakout semester for me. I have a win third, you know, now I finished runner-up at regionals, um, man, I, I just, I just, my whole thing, my whole mantra for me is just to keep getting better, just keep going, and um, I'm, I'm now in the position I am today where, um, you know, kind of have a chance to maybe do something with this game, and uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's been kind of a unique journey, but uh, I'm, I'm very grateful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're just adding on to the list of great people that that Ryan Rohde has um, as his uh, as his pupils. You know, obviously with um, with uh, Austin Eckert, Quade Cummings, uh, Cody Burrows, and now yourself and Reen Gibson. Also, I mean, just everyone that he's been working with. I mean, the 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 records for everyone speak for themselves. And you know, Tyson, take me back to the um, to the Tiger Invitational that you won um, this past season. I'm it for some reason it says that it was when was the tournament? Was it in October? I'm seeing it here, but it also looks like it was in the fall. Was it because it was posted? Postpone. When did that tournament happen? I'm referring to the tournament that uh, that you won the uh, the um, uh, Tiger Invitational by Jason Duffner. I think that was actually like there was a third week of March or something like that. 
second week of March. So it was in March, yeah. Okay, how, just t- take me back to that. T- take me back to that term. You know what? What was clicking for you that week? Because obviously, um, you beat uh, da- uh, Davis Thompson that tournament, who is uh, on the Walker Cup team, very great player. Um, so you know, take t- take me back to that week because uh, you know if you play like that at uh, at Greyhawk, you might have a chance to uh, hoist that individual trophy. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the goal. Um, yeah, so it was kind of funny. The week before, I went down to Dothan, Alabama, and played in the Kinsey Juice School for a Canadian tour, and um, didn't make it through. And me and my dad were driving up to Auburn, which is only about a three-hour drive. So I had to go. My team was flying to Auburn, so I had to drive and meet them. Uh, we're, on, we're driving to, to Auburn. Me and my dad, I'll never forget. It's like we're having a conversation. Like, hey, man, like you know, your time's kind of ticking. Time's, uh, you know, like you know, it's kind of got to do something here. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it was one of those weeks, such a week. Um, I knew I was playing really well. I've been playing well for a while. And um, I wasn't, you know, necessarily like, oh, I'm going to go win this week and try to win. It was just one of those things. I kept my head down, played my game, and I looked up at the end of 54 holes, and I was on the top of the leaderboard. Um, that's kind of the way I've been the entire semester, just kind of really focused on what I'm doing and not necessarily looking out at everything else, all these good players, because there's tons of good players, but the moment you around see all these good players, you kind of lose focus on what you're trying to do. And um, But, yeah, I mean, it was kind of one of those weeks, you know, like fighting well, you know, approach, I, approach game was really well, hitting fairways. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of <laughs> – it was a good week, man. Yeah, and – T. Reed, I mean, that course is a long course, and it has some water on it. I played that tournament in college as well. I mean, that's really impressive to get a win there. And um, I want to talk a little bit about you being an athlete. And for people that don't know, T. Reed is an absolute athlete. In high school, he played baseball and basketball and obviously golf. You know, and, and, and just speak a little bit about how uh, your athletic ability translates to golf. And then, you know, I see you posting your workout videos, and you're throwing around weight like it's nothing. Uh, and while I'm sitting on the couch watching golf, it makes me feel bad every time. So you got to stop doing that. But, uh, but you know, you know, uh, just tell, tell the listeners a little bit about maybe your workout routine, uh, because I think it might be a little, little tougher than most. And then just talk a little bit about your athletic ability and how you feel like it helps you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I just, I love sports. I grew up playing everything, everything based in football. My dad wouldn't let me, but, uh, uh, yeah, man, I just, Played to play baseball, basketball, golf, soccer. Um, I think the biggest thing was just it kind of honed my competitive nature. Um, I really I love to win. I love I love to work hard. I love the process. Um, and uh, I mean, kind of uh, for golf, it's it's, uh, it's not something that ever came easy. Um, and I had to work really hard and like playing all those other sports growing up. Uh, definitely hone like my competitive nature and um as far as like the workout um I, I i don't know i mean like part of it is you know i want to be strong and uh you know i mean i'm an athlete so i like to kind of throw around the weight a little bit sometimes probably sometimes to a fall um but uh yeah i mean it's uh i don't know i just <laughs> i love uh like i said i love sports i love working out um and that's just something not because um, I'm trying to impress anybody. That's something I love to do. And, um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, speaking of those workout videos, Tyson, I mean, you got to have one of the dopest Instagram accounts in the history of Instagram. I, whoever's doing your video editing, I mean, if it's you, you got to be spending two hours, but there's no way that's you, right? Uh, yeah, I do, I, do, I do that myself. That's I, impressive. I kind of learned kinda how to edit. That's something <laughs> I enjoy too. So I like to make, not just like of myself, but I like to, I love like, um, like the last dance, uh, the Michael Jordan type stuff, like yep. watching those videos. Like I love, I love Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Like those guys are, and so uh, Russell Westbrook is huge. So like kind of like taking their mentality and kind of putting it to myself and like kind of just kind of stealing that from them a little bit. I mean, obviously I'm nowhere near the level of those guys yet, um, but that's somewhere I definitely I want to be someday. And But uh, I love to kind of have that dog in, in me, and I feel like I do have that in me. And I just, uh, I don't know, I just kind of who I am. So, yeah. I love that. Do, do you do you got uh, you got you a big hard drive with all kinds of edited videos that you're just ready to post at any moment? <laughs> you know, you just get on runs and and make them, or do you is this just a spur of the moment thing and you just make them whenever they come to you? Yeah, it's just a spur of the moment thing. I'm definitely more focused on uh, my golf game, but yeah, I love. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. To answer your question, it's just kind of a spur of the moment thing. What's what's your at on Instagram so people can go look it up? Yeah, uh, Tyson underscore reader seven. All right, all right. And that's R-E-E-D-E-R, by the way. What's the reason for the seven? Uh, It's my baseball number going up. Nice. And uh, my favorite number. So, so who who was that? Did you have a baseball player that was number seven? Because, like, Pudge, Yvonne Rodriguez for the Rangers, that was my guy when I was a kid, and he was number seven. (laughs) Yeah, for my dad, he grew up with number seven, and his was Mickey Mantle. So I kind of took that from my dad. And so, yeah, I guess you could say Mickey Mantle. Nice. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right. So you talk, you're a baseball guy. Arkansas, number one team in the country pretty much all year. I keep looking at Arkansas baseball scores. They're beating teams like 18 to 7, <laughs> 21 to 11, stuff like that. Just ridiculous offensive uh, baseball. So what do you think? The Hogs get it done on the diamond for a national title? Oh, for sure. We actually watched uh, – I'm actually going to the game this afternoon against Florida. So I'm going to try to I'm gonna work with Ryan – and I'm going to head back to Fayetteville to try to catch the game. So. Nice. Dude, they, they're, they're really good. So, yeah, I think they got a good chance. I wouldn't mind seeing Oklahoma State versus Arkansas in a Super Regional, which would definitely be hosted in Fayetteville. So that would be, uh, would be a lot of yeah. fun. Tyson, yeah. we appreciate you. Great yeah. luck at Greyhawk. We, uh, we hope everything's successful out there for you and for the team. Yeah, hopefully everything goes great for you and the baseball team. Hopefully you all play better than, than, than the Arkansas football team does. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, all right. Shut oh, up. Yeah. I <laughs> throw some shade at the end. I had to. <laughs> That was Tyson Reeder, formerly an Edmund North Husky and now an Arkansas Razorback, and he's headed to the national championships, and he was a big part of getting his team there with his final round 65 at the regional the other day. So good luck to Tyson Reeder and to Arkansas at Greyhawk coming up a week from today. A week from today, we will be at Southern Hills. We'll get into that more here in just a moment, but I want to remind everybody, you know, we all play a lot of golf, and the back starts to go at some point. So visit the Spine Clinic OK. Com. The Oklahoma Spine Clinic, Dr. Beecham and Dr. Brawley are both avid golfers. They have high-quality, individualized patient care, total complete spine care. Dr. Beecham does non-invasive. The Spine Clinic offers the capability to approach all options before surgery. Dr. Beecham specializes in interventional pain management, and he's double board certified in anesthesiology and pain management. However, if you are needing back surgery, Dr. Brawley received the honor of being listed as one of the top 20 under the age of 40 spine surgeons in all of North America. 
America. So visit thespineclinicok.com. They're located just off Broadway Extension on Britain in Oklahoma City. Fellas, PGA Championship rolls on, and Brandon Grace, after holding out from the bunker on the 10th hole for birdie, now finds himself at 5-under. He did par the very easy par 5, 11th, that's been playing nearly a full shot under par since it started yesterday. But guys, we've got to talk about this 16th hole. To par 5, it's dead into the wind. Driver uh, Driver Simpson, Webb Simpson a while ago, (laughs) while we were talking to Tyson Reeder, went driver off the tee. Webb then hit driver off the deck for his layup. Webb had 118 yards in (laughs) on his third shot after going driver, driver. That's my kind of par 5. Let's go. I love it. Hashtag dial it back. Yeah, I love it too. I mean, it, we it's very rare these days that we have we see a par 5 where, you know, the, these guys can't get home in two or at least up within 30 yards or so. Uh your boy Christian Bazadenhood is two under on the day. He must be hitting the ball a little better, still putting really nice. Uh he's at 3 under. Richie Wierinski uh is 3 C, under. C Bezel by the way. Christian Bazadenhood. I mean, Bezel. these are all the guys we pick. Brandon 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 Grace, Richie Wierinski, Christian Bazadenhood and Kevin Streelman, right? That's who and, we and, all have. My man Corey Connors who's yeah. 3 over on the day, but he's still hovering around. Yeah. He's still two under for the tournament. Yep. And then obviously uh Sung J M uh, is even on the round through eight, which is pretty nice. Uh, we we saw uh, w- while we were uh, doing the Tyson Reader interview, we I, I was watching and I saw that uh, Cam Smith dumped one in the water. Uh, I'm not sure what hole it was on, but uh, it looks like it's still playing really tough and really windy today. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see, right, T Dub? Yeah, you know I'll, uh, the the few things I'll say about it right now, according to Data Golf, Victor Hovland is sitting at 12 percent chance to win the tournament. That is a, a long shot. The second best is my uh, one and done pick, Colin Morikawa. Dadagoff has 6.7% chance. So, And I'm really confident with my one and done picks going into the week. I really like where Morikawa at two under DeChambeau at even going into this afternoon. I really like where they're at. And, you know, guys, I think the thing to, to watch this afternoon will be what is the cut line going to be? Because currently I'm seeing uh, about 52% chance that it's four over and about a 38% chance that it's five over. So if the wind starts to pick up, then we may see it go all the way up to plus five. I, I'm looking at it to be around that plus four numbers. What yeah, I'm thinking. I, I think it's probably going to be at plus four. But Dan- Daniel Berger we'll alert. See. Daniel Berger alert. What's he doing? He can make the cut. He's three under through eight. Okay. Three under through eight. Daniel that Berger. That would be huge. That would, that be, would huge. be massive. I've got Berger and Connors in the one and done. Come on, Daniel. Let's yep. go. A, yeah, bad, a bad Thursday doesn't mean a bad tournament. Come on now. I need Rory to throw a low one at him too. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, one more guy that was pl- that is playing really solid today is Jordan Spieth. Is one under through seven. So right there, I mean, uh, what what's he at now? He's at even. I mean, that's only five back. Of, and then you got a million guys at three and two under. So uh, this this tournament's still wide, wide open. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I'll I'll throw out there, it's the top seventy um, and ties on the leaderboard. So it's, I know it's a little different per the PJ tournaments and some of the majors. So if you are looking out there for any of your players who might be on the cut line, it's plus seven. It's top 70 and ties will make the cut. Yeah, so. absolutely. So great stuff going on at the PGA. We'll be back Monday morning to recap everything happening at Kiowa. And the next week, pretty much Tuesday through Sunday, we're going to be at Southern Hills in Tulsa. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on. We'll have the practice rounds up there. I mean, the names. You you uh, went on the Sports Animal Tulsa with Steely this morning and kind of talked about it. I mean, Furick, Ernie L., Steve Stricker, uh, Fred Couples, BJ. I mean, just Bernard yeah. Longer, just legends of the Retief game Goosen out there. Retief Goosen Yeah, Retief Goosen, who's won at Southern Hills. 2001, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's going to be a great event. And I just, I can't wait to get up there. I can't wait to see the golf course. I haven't seen
seen the golf course in its entirety uh, since the redesign. I just I cannot wait to get up there. Yeah, and then obviously the local guys. You have Brant Job, uh, who is probably playing the best uh, out of the guys on the senior tour. We have Scott Verplank, who we've Let's we've go. heard at uh you know at the Masters doing his coverage, and then at the Byron Nelson, obviously doing the coverage for CBS. But he's actually going to be playing uh, next week at uh, Southern Hills, and then Willie Wood. Uh, big shout out to Willie Wood who got in the tournament, uh, and so that he, he got the last spot, didn't he? Yeah, and yep. so uh, um, because you know they had some guys drop out, and he was like 81st, on, I think, on the money list. And Jordan Spieth just hit uh, one of the worst putts I've ever seen. <laughs> Spieth's two over now, <laughs> two, two, two <laughs> over for the event. Considering this three footer he's got left is good. I mean, my goodness, that's a, that's a good point. The three footer is not good coming back for Jordan Spieth. <laughs> so uh, we can't wait to get down to Southern Hills next week. Golf Oklahoma and the 73rd hole will be there. GolfOklahoma.org. You can listen to our podcast right there on the front page. You can get all the information about everything happening in the world of golf in this state. GolfOklahoma.org. Cannot wait to get out there to Southern. Big shout out to Tyson Reeder for joining us today. And we're back Monday. Everybody enjoy the PGA Championship. And thanks once again for listening to the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. <laughs>